Hey everybody and welcome to another podcast with the Licia Shanice Reviews and I am your host Shanice and I'm coming right back at you with another podcast. Tonight we are going to do a review of Narcos. I just dropped the Cruel Summer recap of episode 8 so you can check into that. See I'm giving mad content so if you can your car if you're bored and just want some content I'm dropping it for you and I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. So, yes, the Cruel Summer episode did just drop. And now I am coming right back at you. And we will do a quick review of Narcos. I'm going to try to skim through this one pretty fast because I have had a long day. But I want to get it out. And so we can go ahead and knock out the rest of the season and get to season two and move right along with the program. So, kick back and let's get into the show. So I did like how we did it last time where I kind of just went through the show and then gave like a little bit of backstory. You might already know it or you might not or you might just enjoy talking about, you know, true crime, true narcos history like I do. So instead of doing it like I have been doing it, where I just break down scene by scene and then come back and talk about the true event. Sometimes I might miss an event or miss something. So I just kind of like it better this way. I hope you guys are doing it. But like I always tell you, get feedback. I want to know feedback. I'm new in the content world. So I want your feedback and I want to do it the way my listeners like me to do it. So um, I prefer to do it this way. So let's just try it again. It does open up as is usual. This television series is inspired by true events. Some events, some characters' names and businesses and etc. etc. has been dramatized so and fictionalized. So we do know that. So let's get into it. And we open up, and this is episode six, and it is titled Explosives. And if you haven't seen Narcos and you're going episode by episode with me which we are a few years late reviewing this so i'm sure you have seen it you know why it's called explosives right so we open up and it's mr poison he cruising in his car and it does show us that it's medellin and it's in 1989 so this is actually a few years before escobar uh gets murdered or you know dies himself that's always skeptical. If you listen to the police, they always say that the Colombian police killed Escobar. But if you listen to other mafia organized crime, you know, like other narcos per se who was around that time, or even if you listen to the family members, they say Pablo committed suicide. So, you, you know, depends on which side you believe. You know, they always say um, they always say, Pablo always said, when I die, I'm going to take my own, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one who do it and I'll shoot myself through the ear. And then he was shot through the ear. So who knows? But we pull up and poison is pulling into, you know, where you have to pull and go through somewhere and they stop you and ask for your credentials, your ID. So he pulls through the little line and the two officer at two officers ask for his ID and he's like, no problem. So he goes into his car to look like he's pulling out a driver's license. And instead, he pulls out a Uzi and he kills both of the police officers. Not only does he shoot them, but he gets out and just gets to blasting them away. And that is one reason to this day why, um, if you listen to different police officers 
in Colombia on different documentaries and even Murphy and Pena when they go around doing interviews, they get disgusted to this day when um, one of the Sicarios, Popeye, who just passed away, I think maybe last year or the year before last, but he was one of the Sicarios and they say that Poison, a character, was based off of Popeye. And if you check it out, Popeye has a YouTube channel on YouTube like and he walks around and he's like a famous guy he walks around and he you know they get so upset because it's cops to this day who takes picture with them and he might have killed over might have killed at least over 200 police officers like he was brag he was bragging about how many murders he did like he's killed over 300 people and he goes in the detail of how he killed them so like that right there that incident might not have happened like that but incidents like that were happening on a daily basis because um pablo had a bounty on cop's head like say for instance if they killed the cop that would i'm just making an example of course it was more than that but you know like on one cop head it was five hundred dollars and i'm just making an example that's not the exact quote so definitely i'm not sure if that took place like that but yes yeah, stuff like that took place over there especially around that time when the war on the government was going on it was prices on police officers head so that type of stuff did happen so that was the opening scene and then we go to pablo's home in the next scene and he's writing down some stuff he's taking care of some business and um juan pablo walks in which is his son and he like how many times have i told you not to throw the ball over there you could hurt your sister and he says i want to hurt her i want to kill her and pablo stops him like don't you ever let me hear you say that again. We are family. Family is all you have. And they always say how Pablo Escobar was a family man to the end. He was all about family. All about family. And that's another true thing as well. Um, Juan, pa Juan Pablo, which he has changed his name now. Because, um, you know, they had to go through so many things of when uh Pablo died and they had to leave Colombia. They were told never to enter Colombia again. And we'll get more into that into season two when we reach to season two. But for right now, just to stay to season one, he did do an interview and he said that never happened. He never said that he wanted his sister to die. Little Manuela, he said that was all fictionalized, which they do say everything is fictionalized on TV. But I did kind of think it was unfair because he wanted to be a part of the show. He was telling them like, look, I have pictures. I know this. I know that, you know, I can give more of this side. And the producers basically told him, like, no, we have everything we need. That's okay. Which, you know, that was his son. You probably would have got more insight of what really happened because he was actually in a home and he was more of age. He was older than what they show in here. So he did know more. And then at the time, Pablo talked to his son on the phone every day while he was on the run. They have the recordings of it. So he felt like his son was the only one he could trust. So. You know, his son would have more insight of what was really going on. And like I said, I promise you will get into more of that in season two. We'll save some stuff for season two, but that's just, you know, trying to show the events of that. So Pablo gets a call from Gustavo and he tells him about the officers that Poison just murdered. And he lets him know how much money he'll be getting. Basically, he writes it down. He put down, were they sergeants or, you know, this, what was their rank and put it down and write down how much they had to pay him. Because like I said, everybody had a price, basically, you know, it was, this was his war. This was his war. 
So he writes everything down. He tells him it was two officers. So he says two million. Um, little young Juan, little young Juan Pablo walks up and say, Dad, what were you talking about? And he like, oh, it was just business. Let's go. And that's how the opening scene opens up with poison, killing two officers and Pablo talking to his son and writing down the hit that took place. So then it shows actual footage of all of the police officers that were murdered and then with the retaliation of them coming back on the narcos you know killing them as well and it's just told them gruesome and then when you think about it in hindsight it's really really sad this is real footage you know of that he had like a bounty out on two 200 officers it was just straight slaughter for the whole time when he had the war out on the government it was it was really sad it really really sad so where they even had to, you know, build a special morgue just to even hold the bodies. It was so many murders and dead bodies. And it showed how the cops took back revenge. You got them showing pictures of people with their pants down. So, you know, if you use your imagination, you know, probably what they did to them. Just total madness, you know. And that just shows you how much power the narcos they had had themselves. You know what I'm saying? So then we go to the next scene and... Uh, is at Murphy's house. He's him and his wife in a home, and Elisa's there, and she's going over basically her new identity, going over it, and she like, hey, can I stop now? And he like, nope, you're gonna go over. You dragged me and my wife into this. You gonna know every history of your new life. So she's going over and over her new life of how she grew up, so she can have it down packed just in case they get stopped at the border, and she'll know everything, so um, it doesn't get traced back to her. Because remember, his job is on the line, and I do believe that this part is totally fiction, um, non uh, fictionalized. I do not believe that uh, Murphy and them were helping the communists just get away. For you know, I, I believe that this was just dramatized for TV, basically. So I I think that this was fictionalized. I don't think this was actual. Then they show Murphy going out to the car. He's checking around because he got to be on the safe side. Because like I said, his job and actually his freedom is on the line for covering for Elisa. By she's a part of the M19. That's considered treason. You know, they are not. He's a government, you know, employee, a DEA agent, uh, basically uh, illegally giving her um, a visa to get out of there. And you know, giving her a new life and he's doing it illegally. So his job is on the line and his freedom is on the way because he could not only lose his job, but get charged and do uh, jail time. So he um, finds the wire and then him and his wife, they kind of come up with a plan, which this one was done very well, I must say. And they fake an argument to where I, I even thought they were arguments. She like, I should have never came to throw the cops off. And he takes off like Elisa is in the back seat because he says, get down, hide back there so they don't see us. Because he know that the uh, U.S. military um, and the CIA is listening in because they want to catch him because they already know that he's hiding her. They pretty much know it, but he outsmarts them basically, right? So they end up pulling him over and they say, they search the car. Where's the girl? They figure out they've been outsmarted. 
and you know he plays it off and then what do you know they show Elisa and Connie in the car and they get stopped at the border and they kind of walk their way through it and they let them slide so basically she's on a free ride free ride to go do what she has to do Connie calls Murphy lets him know like hey we got on with it he like called me every hour because he's still worried right so then um Murphy goes and he visits um president candidate Caveira because he's still running he hasn't won yet so he's still you know campaigning has to do everything so he goes to warn him like you know you have to be careful and telling him wear a vest be careful trying to warn him that they are not playing right so after he meets with Gavira and the vice minister of justice he's kind of cocky like we got this we don't need your help because they they are still skeptical. This is their country, as they should. And they're like, look, you're not finna come over and, and take over. We got this. But, you know, Murphy is trying to look out. He does still feel responsible for the other vice, um, minister of justice getting murdered for their little plan to expose Escobar's mugshot. You know, so then they actually show real footage of the real gotcha. Because they know now it's time to look for gotcha. And they show gotcha handing out money as well. Um, just like Pablo used to do handing out money to the poor, believe it or not, you know, the government could say whatever they want. Actually, people in Colombia, they loved it. Pablo and gotcha them. They were loved because they did build back up the communities. They, they, they looked out for the poor, like it or not, call them narco terrorists or whatever. They did look out for the poor. So people of the community, they did love them. So they showed a real footage of the real gotcha. And then it shows the character gotcha and his son, uh, uh, Freddie sitting there talking and he's asking him what is a computer isn't that funny right in like 1989 he like have you ever heard of this thing called a computer and he kind of tells him what it is and the maid comes out and Freddie is being a damn near a predator just feeling on her and just making her feel all type of uncomfortable you could tell she hated going into work and gotcha just like leave that girl alone he worried about the search block um, being on their way there or finding them. Now, Vagante, the asshole, he walks up and, you know, he lets them know, like, where the search block is still in Medellin. We're good to go. And, you know, I'm here to protect you. Basically being the Judas of him. Because, remember, he had already gave him up and already told Pinyonum. He had already told Pinyonum where to find him. Because we know what he's trying to do. We think he's just trying to be in the foreman because he thinks gotcha is crazy. But... It's a little bit more than that. And this is very true. I don't know. I mean, of course, this probably didn't happen like this. Matter of fact, it didn't happen like this. Because um, he did snitch. And he did uh, sell him out. But this is nowhere where um, Gotcha was when he got murdered. Or, you know, when they found him. But he was with his son, Freddie. That was true. But Navigante, that didn't play out that way. But... You know, like I said, you know, it's dramatized for TV, so it is a little truth in there. But yeah, Navigante, he was a slime ball and he was a real person. Uh, from what they say, you know, I wasn't there, I don't know, but from what they say, he was a slime ball playing both sides. So then they show him going back and he is working. He gives uh, Pena and Carrillo the information, telling them where they'll be at and Carrillo like look you've been with you've been working Carrillo's smart he like you've been working with him for all this time why are you all of a sudden ready to just give him in he like you know he's crazy and then um Carrillo like Pena do you 
you know, you trust him. You sending us into basically a death trap. They have all type of nuclear weapons. They are way, have way more advanced weapons than us. They have all of these men. All I got is my team. We've already lost half of our, cause so many, like, so Carrillo was dirty and I wasn't a fan of his character, but at the same time, you used to see why he was upset. Of course, he had cops who worked for him and most of, most of them young men were murdered and they had to go tell their family that they were murdered in a line of duty. So he's already lost multiple, um, associates and, you know, people who worked with him and fellow officers to this war they had on the narcos so he like i don't trust him pena basically lets him know like i do and pena and navigante really did have a relationship like he had with um <clears throat> well i'm skipping ahead that's season two but they really did have an informant relationship where he was you know giving him information especially pena i don't know so much about murphy but pena had the he was on the he was like he wasn't on the groundwork like he is in the show but he did have a little more insight and a little more more of the informants for sure so then they show murphy and he is going through different surveillance photos and they see that poison stepped out to go to the airport to pick somebody important up from the airport and the guy stands out to him he like who is this guy one of the guys working with him said, I don't know who that is, but if he came, if Poison came all the way out of hiding to pick him up, he has to be important. So then we go and we see that it is a guy from Spain and he is doing some negotiating with Gustavo. Gustavo and Pablo is sitting there and Gustavo is, they say, was really the businessman, the brains behind the operation. So they are sitting there negotiating. The guy is telling him how many kilos he wants to take back with him. Gustavo basically letting him know, like, that's not what we agreed on. The guy from Spain is telling him, I don't give a damn what we agreed on. It's either I get this or I hop right back on the sh on the sh um on the plane and go back to spain and gustavo basically like who the who, who the fuck you talking to you know you know who you dealing with that's not what you and my cousin agreed on pablo basically like look this gotta get done just give it to him gustavo just handle it so gustavo he lucky right gustavo go and do it and they they take care of the product right so he basically you know he walk away and get his five thousand kilos that's what he that's what he asked for that wasn't the agreement but he did get it so moving right along we go to the next thing after pablo says you know give it to him because he won't it, it didn't show what he was doing for him but he wanted whatever he done he said look this got to get done so they go ahead and knock it out right so then we get to the next scene and we see that uh President Guevara, you know, he hasn't become president yet, but he's still campaigning and running for election. And he, um, you know, uh, Murphy just left and he told him he is not safe. It will be attempts on your life. So he does the smart thing and he sends his wife and his children out of the country, which is a very smart thing to do because... If I was his wife, I wouldn't want to be nowhere near around at that time. It was uh, all type of attacks and hits going on out of everywhere. So this part was kind of sad when you really look at it. Because like I said, a lot of this stuff was true. It might didn't happen exactly on how they're playing it. But they got to do their thing for Hollywood. But it showed all the cops getting ready to go and <clears throat> go try to arrest Gotcha. And you show this, they show the little young, especially the younger cops, they're sitting there praying because um, most of, you know, how you'll have cops and like their whole families might 
<clears throat> me generation of cops. You might have the father, the the uh, the son, etc., the grandfather. And this is in Colombia, so it's not like here in the United States. Um, but you see the one guy. He's sitting there praying because his father and um, his brother and you know his other family members were murdered by the hands of different narcos and they said that gotcha was just as explosive as pablo you know um he he got down just like pablo did and they say he was just as just as, you know how they put that that stigma on pablo but they say gotcha got down just like that too right so you show they show them all getting ready and they're all nervous to show how they're sitting there praying getting ready and they're kind of scared to go after them and uh, pina is on the line of duty with them because murphy is still trying to figure out who is the guy who came in for spain so he's still in bogota working on that and pina is ready to go off to go to where gotcha is at to find him and arrest him so then we show murphy here goes mcmurphy he goes to a little local restaurant where Suarez is sitting there chilling with one of his homies. They're sitting there talking. We both know Suarez. He plays for both sides, right? So we know he is a slime bag. So he goes and tells him, like, look, I called your office. And he liked the golden gringo because, you know, that's what they call Americans. <laughs> he likes the golden gringo. They kind of making fun of him, talking to him talking about him in spanish so you know he's not catching on and he's basically trying to get information because he's actually trying to save Clavira, you know and um ask him does he know who this guy is and he shows him the picture suarez brushes him off so he basically like who is this and he like i only talked to pena he's trying to tell him like i need to know who this is and he's trying to basically say how he needs to know who it is in spanish and they making fun of him because he don't speak good fetish the shit i don't like how you you went first of all you're a visitor in his country how the fuck you gonna sorry sorry i didn't mean to do a rant but he pulls i mean suarez was a slime boy but you in his country hold up so he pulls him down pulls the gun out basically gets the information which it just irritates me like how <sighs> never mind whatever uh so he gets the information on the name of the guy Moving along to the next scene. Who the fuck? I'm not a big fan of Murphy, but to be fair, let's um how I've been doing it, this didn't happen. This was definitely dramatized, but I just don't like on, you know, with all the stuff that goes on in the United States with the police officers, it just shows, you know, the I'm big bad, I'm the cop. But first of all, you're a visitor in somebody else's country. You can't just go around going around abusing people like that. You have no jurisdiction over there to do that. But that's just another little side rant. I'm not talking about the real Agent Murphy. He wasn't going around doing all this. But this just kind of irked my nerves on this scene. But good for TV, right? So he basically finds out who he is. And when he walks into the ambassador office, the CIA is already in there. And he basically lets him know, like, look, we have reason to believe Guevara is on his way and he might be coming into an ambush. And we have all these classified documents. And that's the thing right there to see CIA. If most of those documents become unclassified, whoo, I bet you will find some stuff in there. It, just we we we'll, we gonna get to the CIA. We just at the beginning of exploring the narco's world and everything. Um, I do want to go over a few documentaries, but not to get off subject. Let's stick on the show. So he basically saying like, look, I need to go into the room, and they like, I don't know what room you're talking about. 
So he basically says, you know, I want to get into the white room. They try to tell him the white room don't doesn't exist. But then after he shows them a picture of the Spaniard, they kind of see who it is. So they know that is it is a man who is known for making explosives and is very, very a real man who was known for all type of you know, making the best explosives and they like, he's the best in the business. Just crazy. And he is a real person. He is from Spain. Google him, Google him. Um, he's a real person. That's a fact. So they walk him into there and he goes through all of the things and they do keep a CIA agent. So, um, watch him. He like, you want to help? They just stand there and let Murphy do all the work. I think it's funny because how it just shows how the, CIA and the DEA do not get along. The DEA, I was watching an interview, and they call them clowns in action. They just, they don't get along, and it makes sense, right? The At the time, back in the 80s, the DEA is trying to stop the, trying to stop the drugs, the war on drugs, they say, but it actually never really was a war on drugs because the own government was bringing the crap over here. But anywho, then we go back, and we show Pablo and Gustavo, and they're looking at the young kid Jamie and we don't know what they have planned but Gustavo like I don't know he doesn't he looks like you know he's not ready he's not about this life Pablo like yeah he'll be fine so they walk outside they're sitting there eating eating dinner eating a little fancy brunch Jamie's sitting there eating good because you know he's just the one of the the a little kid from the community he's poor he's from the poor and you know he's sitting in there with um in this big mansion you know they look at pablo like he's god because of everything that he has done for the poor they didn't have anything before him so pablo walks up to him kind of gives him a hug makes him feel good make sure he's getting treated right and you can tell something's not right in air because the way how lakika and lizard is looking like he don't know what he then got himself into so gustavo and pablo join their mother um his mother and the other two Sicarios and and they're sitting there and you know he's asking them letting them know like your family letting them know he's family okay then we go to the next scene and Gustavo and the Choa's little sister is in there getting it on she's trying to get him to leave she's saying we should leave the country and they're getting their little freak on. And we move on. And Gotcha is sitting there paranoid. He's, he knows something not right. And it clicks in that Navagante is a liar. And he can't be trusted. And he figures out that the search block is not in Medellin. But on their way to where he's hiding out at. Freddy is basically in there trying to basically rape the maid to be honest he is doing way too much she's very nervous and timid telling him how she's married and he is just being way too aggressive if you ask me and young man go sit down somewhere so gotcha comes in there he gets his son freddie which he really did have a son named freddie and they really were together at the time of this i don't know if the maid situation happened that could probably be dramatized for tv so we're not going to put on there and say that freddie was a rapist because we don't know that um but they uh go ahead and he he's basically gets his troops together like hey we out we ready for war then we go back and Murphy has finally found out all the information that he needs to find out on the Spaniard because he's in the white room where all the hidden information is at. And I bet you they really do have a room like that, right? 
So he finds out that the Spaniard was from a group who was like a freedom fighters group and they made bombs into like an art form like they were supposed to be the best of the best. Because, you know, in Murphy's word, Pablo only hires the best, right? And we find out in this episode that they were known for targeting uh, political figures. So they did go after political figures. This was their thing. So we see why Pablo went on and just gave him the kilos that he wanted because he's trying to get Guevara, who was running for president. So that is very, very serious, you know. And the group was called ETA. Yeah, and then say how he was responsible for a big, um, a big bomb going off countries and other political figures so this was a serious deal and, and very very true so murphy gets really really nervous and he goes him and the ambassador they try to talk Guevara into not going to you know to do to do his campaign running he's like look you know we have security we're fine how do you even expect me to run and you know basically Gavira was a second runner up it was already about um Galan remember he was his campaign secretary so it's probably already tough for him to win an election he like I gotta get out there and run the campaign and he's nervous so uh yeah, he's trying to stop him in to do that. Then it shows Suarez. And Suarez calls Pablo and lets him know that the DEA was asking questions. Pablo says, all right. He hangs up and tells Poison. Basically, Suarez is working on both sides. You know what to do. Poison's sitting there. He shoots this little, you know, he's sitting there shooting pool. And he don't even, he just nods his head. Yeah, like, yep. I know what to do. So then we get to the next scene and Pena and <clears throat> the search block show up at Gotcha's home where he was staying before he kind of caught on to Navigante setting them up. And when they get there, uh, <clears throat> they think they, they see, uh, they think they see Gotcha cause they see somebody sitting there with a the hat on, but what do they see is not Gotcha It's the maid who Freddie was being over possessive with and she shot and they see that they shot her in the head and put Gotcha's uh hat over her. So they see that and then they basically catch um, a guy walk walking up saying that he work he's basically a political figure like a congressman. They can smell something fishy is in the, is in the air and they find um basically weapons in his car and figure out no you're not who you say you is they shoot him in the leg get some information on him what do you know they find out that he's not who you say he is and they find out where gotcha actually went to then we go to the next scene and we see jamie and his little cute girlfriend they make a little cute couple and he's sitting there playing with his baby and she's so excited she like um jamie don pablo's here so he, he puts the baby up because they they look at Pablo like the savior, the, the, the communities that they live in, the apartments per se that they live in, he built them, you know, he built their whole community. He gave money to the poor. That was like their savior. So they'll, they worship him. So they're excited. He's so excited that he's in their home and he like, I'm just a part of, so happy to be a part of the family. You got Lakika and Lizard looking like, oh, okay, you part of the family. So you could tell something is up and Pablo just so calm. Just like, okay, all you got to do is just, it's a nice little outfit. Just go and just record. 
All you got to do is just record the speech. Easy job, right? For some easy money. You do this and you and your family, you'll be taken care of. He said it's so calm. And, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, just myself caught me off guard. So then he basically lets them know, like, you know, only thing I do is just follow these instructions. The guys are going to let you know what to do. He kind of embraces him, like, you know, he's taking him in as a son, tells him, gives him a hug, and he's proud of him. But the look, you know, we really don't know what we're walking into, right? But with Lizard and Lakika looking like that, we know something is up. So he gives them the clothes, and they all take off in their little Jeep and take off. Now, this could have been dramatized. Of course, we know what's coming really did happen. It's facts. Uh, it did happen. Lakika definitely was a real Sicario. As far as Lizard, I don't know. But Lakika definitely was a real Sicario. He is still in prison to this day. His name is... Um, I'll let you know next episode. But it's like, it's Daniel... Uh, Diego, but he is he was definitely a head Sicario. So Lakika's character is definitely real and he is linked to what we're about to get into if you go look at the real records. <clears throat> so then we get to the next scene and then Suarez really didn't get his way and we know he played both sides. So now he's on the phone telling Murphy that they're gonna try to kill Gavira in Cali. So Murphy doesn't really understand Spanish that well. So while he's trying to get a translator at the door, uh, I'm sorry, while he's trying to get a translator to get to the phone so he can get the information, Suarez hears someone at the door. He goes to the door and who is it? It's Poison. Only thing Poison said is Pablo doesn't let you talk like you talking to the DEA. Kills him on spot. We don't know if that's true, but we do know that Poison is based off Popeye and Popeye killed over 200 police officers out of his own mouth. And um, if you don't believe me, go check out his YouTube channel. Check out Popeye, one of the Sicarios of Pablo Escobar. You do have to do a lot of reading because he only speaks Spanish. He only spoke Spanish, but he goes into details on how he killed multiple police officers. So, of course, we don't know if that scene happened like that, but we do know that Popeye killed multiple police officers and then we go to the search block approaching to where um gotcha is at and it does say it's december 15th 1989 we see <clears throat> the search block approaching and freddie is upset because the maid was killed he didn't want to kill her and gotcha is basically saying like get over it they pull up they get to get into a shootout gotcha goes in there he grabs that nuke <laughs> He sets off that missile and him and Freddie take off in a truck <clears throat> with basically knocking all of them out. Because like Carrillo said, their weapons were definitely outdated. They didn't have nothing on gotcha weapons, but they did bring back up. So the helicopter and everything starts following gotcha in his truck and they end up in a shootout and they end up killing freddie first and then gotcha second and he does go out with the shootout uh after he sees that his son is dead he kind of just gives up and gets out to where it basically was a suicide because he knew he wasn't going to make it out of that but he went out went out shooting right and as far as the real deal, the truth, like the the true story about it, it was similar to this, but it, it did happen on December 15th, 1989. The story was right. He did go out being murdered in a shootout like that with um, helicopters flying over him. 
uh, it was like in a village, um, it was in Tolo, um, and yeah, him and his son both were killed, and Navigante was the, um, informant who snitched on him, who was out of his organization, who basically, uh, went out shooting, so yeah, it was him and his, uh, son, Freddie, and instead of how it looked like it was just him and his son just on a truck like that, it wasn't like that, it was actually a few of his bodyguards with him as well, they were in a truck, but they got off, um, like on a, they say a banana plantation and got the run in. So yeah, gotcha really was murdered like that. And, um, so that's another, um, head of the cartel that's gone now. Cause when we started off, we had all of them. Carlos later left first and now gotcha is gone. So now we only got Gustavo, the two Ochoa brothers and Pablo out of what they're showing us for the main organization. And basically the police murdered him. I don't believe that Pena was there. Uh, I think that was completely fictionalized. So, yeah, gotcha's gone. And uh, we get to the next scene and Murphy arrives at the airport and he gets through to Kavira. Like, if you go on this plane, you're not coming back home. You know, he basically let them know they found out who the Spaniard was. Then they show Lakika and Jamie walking into the airport jamie is very ner nervous because he's still a teenager it looks like or a very young man and he's very new he wasn't he didn't grow up in the organization so he's very new working for pablo and he's nervous and he thinks lakika's coming with him lakika like no i just gotta drop you off i'll meet you down there everything will be okay he um gets on a plane and when he gets on the plane, you know, he kind of calms down and he noticed that two um, looks like important politicians are next to him. They are talking and he picks up like on an important conversation and he pushed records on the recording machine that he was just supposed to record the conversation of uh, Gavira's speech. And when he hits the plane, it explodes. And the first time I seen that episode my mouth dropped and I don't think I picked it back up for five minutes. I could not believe it. I was shocked. It was very sad because this really did happen in real life. And I believe that it was um, 108 people on that flight who lost their lives, which um, actually end up being, I want to say two people on there was from the United States. So that's why Lakika was definitely indicted. He that's one of the reasons he is still in a United States prison because of that. And he still denies to this day that he didn't have anything to do with that. Um, they say that Pablo did it, but if you do more research, it said that um Gotcha was one of the ones who put the hit on that. It did happen in the same year, so who knows? Uh, but it was very sad. And he is still in prison for that to this day. Uh we don't know if this happened to, if it really was a Jamie like that. I'm sure that this is completely dramatized because nobody knows if, you know, he got on that plane, not even knowing he had a bomb on him. Of course, he didn't want to, you know, do his life like that. So with, uh, with that being said, we don't even know if... Actually, if Sicario was even on the plane with that bomb, like we don't even know because the first sometime they say it was a Sicario on a van, I mean on the plane, but then they say that they put it, um, they put the, the bomb in there where the luggage was at. So 
who knows it was the the avianca flight 203 and it was 110 civilians uh on that plane and all those innocent people died so that's when they that was the first time that they considered pablo to be a narco terrorist and lakika's real name is uh dandinas munez manquera and lakika is a nickname and that actually means uh the fact <clears throat> the fact a fat girl in spanish so and that's where he got his nickname at and his brother actually was a part of the uh organization too as a sicario uh they looked like they were kind of like african descent as well so uh, his brother they said he looked like mike tyson so they called him tyson but yes yeah, it, that whole situation is sad but yeah he still actually denies it to this day that he had nothing to do with it and he is still locked up in the united states prison to this day he's in his 50s now He's 55, actually. So, yeah, that one was, that was, whew, that, that, that touched me right there. Because, like, Jamie was just like a little kid and you see him on the plane and, you know. But, of course, we don't, that, I think that was dramatized because I don't even think they got to the bottom of that. If that whoever went on the plane, if they even knew they had a bomb on them. Or if, even if Aurelia Sicario was on there because I know some people say that it didn't, it wasn't a hit from Pablo. It actually came from Gotcha. And then some people say that they hit the bomb on the luggage. So that how we end with that explosive and that was episode six i hope you guys enjoyed it and i will not be coming back on until the weekend either late saturday night or sunday morning we will drop more content within the weekend i want to just go ahead and knock out episode seven eight nine ten so we can go ahead and jump into season two i'm trying to push out as much content as possible because towards the end of june i probably won't be recording too much because that's when i'm going to be moving and i have to set up and if i kind of sounded a little dry tonight i'm sorry i just wanted to push the content out i just did the cruise summer recap and then i worked all day as well and i was on the phone all day with clients kind of had a stressful day when it worked out for about an hour but I want to keep my word when I say I'm going to drop something and do it. So I won't be back on to the weekend. I hope you guys are enjoying my content. If you want to follow me on social media, feel more than welcome. I'm happy to see that people are listening. I hope you are enjoying. If you have feedback, let me know. Let me know what I could get better on. Don't forget, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice. So is my Instagram. So is my Spotify playlist. I put the same picture on all of them. It's same as the podcast. So I'm easy to find. Hit me up. Inbox me. Message me. Until next time, I will be back the weekend. You guys be safe out there. Enjoy your day. And please listen to the content. If you haven't listened to um, all of it, um, go back and just check me out. Listen to uh, past episodes. And thank you so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in. You guys don't know how much I appreciate this. So until next time, have a good night. And on that note, I'm out. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one.